0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress. We're going to be looking um, at some very exciting principles today. And I, I titled this Healthy Money Eternal Investments because it's really important for us to understand how and what to invest our, our lives and our money into. So our finances is a big deal to us. We, we spend our lives making money so we can spend money. We go to schools so we can get the education so we can get a job and what? Make what? Money. Everything we do is about money. And I know you think, well, Jason, that's not true. Think about it. Well, you think about what you're going to spend your money. We think about what, how you're going to save your money. We think about what you're going to do with your money. We always think about it. How we're to invest it. And so today, I really believe God wants to meet us and transform us and change us on where to, we are to invest our monies that give us eternal value and help it grow. So the, the reality is this. When you invest and use the principles in the Word of God with God's money, with the money that you have It helps break the world's trap and grip on our lives of materialism. It helps set us free from worry. Helps us set us free from from being anxious about things or or with our finances and and where we're going to get more money. It helps us when we follow God's principles to have healthy money. It's important that we have healthy money. We strive to have health in every other area of our life. It's important that we have healthy money. And so, when something is healthy, guess what? It grows. I don't know if you know this or not. When something's healthy, it grows. Healthy things grow. And one of the ways that we can have healthy money is to make good investments. And since we are made for eternity, you and I are made for eternity, it's important you understand we are made to live forever. I, I, I think we need to think about how do we make eternal investments. Think about this for a moment. Your body that you have um, will not live forever. You're not taking your body into heaven. And some of us say, hallelujah, thank God for that. <laughs> we'll just move on. We can make choices in our physical health that can help us live longer. But no matter what we do, no matter what we do, this body won't make it into eternity. But we can make eternal investments on this earth that can affect us into eternity. As Christians, we are to live for eternity. And so I want to talk to you today about eternal investments. Now listen, these are principles in Scripture these are things that are challenging. These are things that are true. And so I want to encourage you for us to walk in this and to enlarge your faith a little bit today to think about what God's challenging all of us to do together. But I want to begin in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus is, uh, is talking here, and this is what Jesus says. He says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moth eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Listen, store your treasures in heaven. Jesus said, store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy it, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will be. So Jesus says this, store up treasures in heaven. And here's the question, what in the world does that mean? What does it mean? How do we store treasure? And how do I know if I'm storing it up? Because I can't see it and I only can see it until when I get there. Yeah, it's called faith. You got to believe that what Jesus said actually is true. You cannot believe some of what he says and not all of what he says. Jesus says you can store up treasures in heaven. You know what that means? It means that you can store up treasures in heaven. That's what it means. So, how do you make eternal investments? How do you invest into forever and how in the world do you store up treasures in heaven? God talks about storing up treasures in heaven actually throughout the Bible. He mentions it five times. Five times you can store up treasures in heaven. In other words, what he's saying is this. I want you to understand this. I want you to get this. I want you to follow this. I don't want you to miss this because I've got a plan and a purpose for your life. And I want you to walk out my plan and purpose for your life. And this is what I want you to do. God wants us to know how to store up treasures in heaven. So he says, actually, what we do on earth has an effect in eternity. All of us know that you can't take our stuff. We can't take stuff with us. You can't, you can't, you can't take anything with you. But here's, here's according to what Jesus says, you can send some things ahead. You can't take it with you, but you can send them ahead into eternity. We can store up treasures in heaven. So how do we do that? So we're going to be looking at 1 Timothy chapter 6 on how to store up treasures in heaven. And this is just a beautiful verse. And, it's, and, and we're going to be looking at this and walking through each one of these points on how do we do that. But let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 6. And this is what Paul says. And he's talking to Timothy. He says, teach those who are rich. Now be careful. Some of you just said, oh, this scripture isn't for me. I'm not rich. Every person in this room has a level of richness or level of wealth. God's given you things to do things with. And there are principles that we're going to learn today and walk through this. So teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud, not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Welcome to 2007, 2006, very unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them, in other words, those who have finances and money, tell them to use their money to do good. Everyone say, to do good. Okay, so tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous, if I say generous, to those in need. Always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasures as a good foundation for the future so they may experience true life. So the Bible tells us to use our money for doing good. So in other words, money is a tool that can be used. Money is a tool. The Bible says that we are to use it for good, not for evil. So money is neither right nor is it wrong. Money is neutral. The root of all evil is not money. The root of all evil is the love of money, what Scripture says. So money is neutral. So as you get money, you you have money, you can say, I can use this for good or I can use this for evil, but it can be used for both. The Bible says this, as Christians and followers of Jesus, we are to use our money for good. Then he says that we are to use our money, By making eternal investments that we can store up treasures in heaven. In other words, I can invest in heaven. And the way I store up treasures in heaven is to use my money to do good. And so I want to talk to us today about how do we use our money to do good. So that I can enjoy forever what I invest on this earth in heaven. And I invest in heaven every time Again, I use my money for good. There's a point I'm hitting. I think God wants us to use our money for good. So how many know there are more than one ways, though, you can use your money for good? And so I, I want to help us walk through this today. So these eternal investments that we're looking at today, they're, they are protected by God, okay? They have an incredible track record of benefits They are risk-free, and they yield enormous dividends. It is a win, win, win with this investment. Do you believe me? Okay, the Bible says it. I'm telling you, it's true. So how do we make eternal investments? Number one, we invest in your personal growth. This is how we do it. We invest in our personal growth. What What I mean by this is every time that I or you use our resources, To grow in my spiritual life, to grow in my character, I'm investing into eternity. And I'll show you in just a minute. But what you're doing is you are being responsible for what God has given you. And you're being responsible for what God has called you to be by investing in your character. Again, there's always this tension as we walk in our Christian life. There is grace and there's responsibility. God has has poured out His grace on you. He's put before you a pathway that you can walk, you can live. He's calling you to that place. But then it's our responsibility to walk that pathway. And so it's this tension. God's grace and our responsibility. And so... Since God has a purpose for you, think about this. God, You were born with a purpose. Jeremiah 29, 11. Says, for I know what plans I have for you to collect. So cl- plans to prosper you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. God has a plan for every person in this room. And it's our responsibility to embrace God's plan and to walk that out however we can. And how we do that is we invest into personal growth. Proverbs ten sixteen says this. It says, the earnings of the godly enhance their lives, but evil people squander their money on sin. So this says that godly people use their money to make their lives better, to enhance their lives. As opposed to evil people, they just blow their money and they waste their money, but godly people enhance their lives. So how do I enhance my life with money? Well, I use it to grow. I use it to grow spiritually. I use it to grow intellectually. I use it to grow emotionally. I use it to grow personally. I use it to invest into my marriage. I, I use it to get marriage counseling. I, I use it to grow and to be better and to be better what God has called me to be. And when I use my money to develop skills or to become mature, when I use my money to improve myself, I am using my money in a healthy way with the purpose That I'm striving to become what God has called me to already be. So I'm striving. I'm walking down that road. I'm investing into eternity. And all of us know that there are many ways to waste your money. You just need to get on like Amazon or get on all these different sites. There are plenty of things that you can waste your money on. But we we can buy things. But none of those things we buy are going to go with us into eternity. We're going to leave them all behind. In other words, you're not going to take our, your stuff with you to heaven. It's not happening. We've talked about this through this series. You're not going to take your clothes to heaven. You're not going to take your car to heaven. You're not going to take your house to heaven. Listen, you're not going to take your grandmammy's china to heaven and staying here. Grandmammy. I don't know if anyone uses grandmammy, but I just use it. I don't know. You're not going to take anything physical to heaven. But you know what you all will take to heaven? You. Your character. You're going to take your character to heaven. That's the one thing you're taking to heaven. You're taking you. And we, we like to spend our money on comfort. There's nothing wrong with comfort. There's nothing wrong with, with, with living that and enjoying that, which I'll talk about um, in just a moment. But when you invest your money into personal spiritual growth, you are investing into eternity. So anytime you use your money to buy a Christian book... to to buy a a series, a DVD series that helps you grow, you're investing into yourself. You're investing into God's purpose for your life. If you attend a retreat, if you go to a seminar, or if you you buy a Bible, or if you you decide to go to our Bible school that we're launching in January, um, which is going to be amazing, we Anytime you do that, you're investing into growing your character. You're investing into, in your maturity. You're investing into, in, in your knowledge of knowing Jesus Christ. You're, you're investing into your knowledge of God. And you're acknowledging, though, when you do that with the purpose of that you're taking responsibility that by investing into your personal growth, you're storing up treasures in heaven because your desire is to be everything that God has called you to be. And this is my encouragement, if you don't have a good Bible, go invest into a good Bible. If you don't have any Christian books that you're reading, go invest and buy a Christian book. Put them on your Christmas list. Do do whatever it takes to begin to take steps of growing personally in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Proverbs 23, 23 says this, says, get the truth and never sell it. So truth is important. Also get wisdom. So wisdom discipline, d- discipline, and good judgment. How do you get these? You, you make a decision that you're going to invest into your personal growth. That I'm going to invest into knowing the word of God. I'm going to invest into knowing wisdom and discipline and, and good judgment. I'm going to invest in my personal growth. Money is a tool. You can use it for whatever you choose to use it for, but it is a tool. And so my encouragement to you is use it for the things that help you grow. Use it for the things that will help you. Become all that God has called you to become. Invest your money to make yourself better. Not, this isn't some self-help. You know, you got, you know If you do this and, and you'll become a better you. Listen, we don't need a better you, okay? I don't need a better me because I'm broken, busted, and disgusted. But I need to pursue God's plan for my life. And that's how I do it. That's how I become what God wants me to become is pursue His plan for my life. This is an eternal investment. So I want to encourage you today. That is an eternal investment. To recognize that you were created to make a difference for eternity. God's calling you to take some steps to become everything that He's calling you to become. Proverbs sixteen sixteen says this, how much better to get wisdom than gold? And good judgment than silver. So wisdom and good judgment are worth more than gold and silver. Or you can flip this thing around and say, use what God gives you in gold or silver. Use that to gain wisdom and good judgment. The second eternal investment that you can make is you invest in relationships within the church. You invest in relationships within the church. In other words... I invest in eternity or you invest into eternity every time you use your money to build relationships in our church when i use money to draw us closer together to make to make us be closer together as brothers and sisters or you make a decision i'm going to invest money into serve one another i'm building relationships with other believers i'm showing love by the way that i spend my money romans 12:13 says this always be eager to practice hospitality. Always be eager to practice hospitality. In other words, this should, be, this should just be a part of who you are. And when we spend money on hospitality to others in our church, we are making an eternal investment. You're not wasting your money. You're storing it up in a bank that's in heaven because you're serving God's people. Anytime you use your money to serve and to show love to create unity, to create fellowship in the church, you are investing, I want you to hear me, you are investing into what Jesus gave his life for. You are investing into people and the church that God's called you to be a part of. When you buy a gift for someone in our church, when you buy a card for them, when you provide a meal for somebody who is sick and you pay for that meal, when you pay for a babysitter for someone who needs one so that a Some parents can go maybe out on a date or you go and babysit yourself. When you're doing something, when you're showing love to them, you're investing into eternity. When you open up your home to host a small group, I I understand. It costs money to open up your home for a small group. And did you know this, that the expenses that you're paying to run your small group, to lead your small group, to host your small group, to take care of people, These are, you are, this is, you're spending the money that is called an investment into eternity. And this is the reality of our finances. When you take, when you take someone from church to lunch, you say, hey, listen, you want to go to lunch? And you pay for it because you're creating unity and fellowship when you open your house when you use your money to grow relationships within the church, you are investing into eternity. My desire and my hope is that our church will be the most hospitable church there is in the city. And when people step foot on our property, they feel loved, they feel accepted, they feel celebrated. And we, they leave here going like, oh my gosh, I think they really loved me. I really think they wanted me to be there. That's our hope and our desire. And you, you, we are investing into eternity every time we invest into God's people. Second Corinthians nine twelve through thirteen says this: This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity. And sharing with them and with everyone else. This is just the beauty of this is what generosity looks like. It's serving. It's giving. And as we serve one another, we're obeying the Father and the Father's plan for our lives. So when I use my money to show love to my church family, it creates unity. It draws us closer together as a family. It proves my faith. It shows I'm a part of the family of God. And here's here's the kicker. It brings glory and honor to our God. It is investing into eternity. You guys with me today? All right, amen. Another eternal investment is this. Number three, invest in building and growing the church. This is an eternal investment. Invest in building and growing the church. We invest into eternity every time we use our money to bring people to Jesus Christ. You are investing into eternity. When you use your money to to bring people to Jesus, to spread the good news, to preach the gospel. When you use your money to, to help serve other people so that they can preach the gospel. When you go on a mission trip. When you support world missions which you have the opportunity for next week. When I give to the church to reach the lost and make disciples. God says this, that I am storing up treasures in heaven. I want to show you a weird verse. There are some weird verses because you you don't totally understand what it means. But I I want you to read this verse right here. Jesus is speaking. He says, I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself. (laughs) So that when it's gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. This sounds like Jesus is saying, if you can't get friends, you should buy some. (laughs) Which isn't a bad idea anyway. But anyway, that's not what he's saying. (laughs) He's saying invest into getting people into heaven. I want you you to catch this for a moment. So that when you get there, they will be there to welcome you. you. I I want you to look at that. Invest into getting people into heaven. So that when you get there, they're going to greet you and welcome you into heaven. That's pretty cool. Many of you, many of you are going to get to heaven. and You're going to have people come up to, to you and say, you know, I want to thank you. You bought a Bible that was given to me in some country somewhere. Or you bought small group material that transformed my life and I came to Christ because of it. You helped build Faith Bible Chapel, and and I went to that church 10 years after you had died, and I gave my life to Jesus, and my my whole family was saved because you gave to the church to help build and grow it. Or I'm in heaven because of you. Imagine that when you get to heaven. Here's the question. Do you think that will be worth it? Do you think it's worth investing into getting people into heaven so that when you get there, they're welcoming you? They're like, "You're like, I don't know you. They're like, but I know you because you gave and you were faithful at growing and building the church. When you invest in getting people into heaven, I'm telling you there is no higher use of that money. There's not one, there's, you can't tell me one thing that's higher than using your money to get people into heaven. Scripture is saying this is the highest use to reach one more person for Jesus Christ. So here's the question and the challenge to all of us today, is anybody going to heaven because of you? And that's a question I think all of us could write and ask ourselves that question every day or every week, is anybody going to heaven? because of me. Someone going to heaven because you decided not to go out and eat as much and be able to use those resources to reach people. Maybe you gave up a Starbucks, maybe you gave up a luxury in order to spread the gospel, in order to build, let's say a building that helps reach young people and helps reach our children's, um, our, helps our children's ministry, reach more kids for Christ and helps make disciples and teenagers can come to know Jesus Christ and be transformed and changed. And marriages can be put back together. The lost can be saved. That's the opportunity that's before us. And, I, and I'll say this, I will make zero apologies for saying that the most important thing you can ever do with your money is to invest in building and growing the church that God has called you to be a part of. I believe it with all of my heart. I believe it. Well, listen, if you're going to clap, you got to do it right. (laughs) I'm passionate about the church. Either this is God's idea or it's not. This church is God's idea. God's called all of us to be a part of this family called Faith Bible Chapel. And every time we invest into this church, we are investing into eternity. It is a privilege to be a part of this church. It's a privilege to be a part of the vision of this church. It's a privilege for people to be coming to Christ every weekend. It's a privilege for us to look back over over a year and be like, somehow, somehow we've reached over 700 people have made decisions to be followers of Jesus Christ. It's a privilege And one day, you're going to be in heaven, and you're going to be able to witness, and you're going to be welcomed by people that you were a part of because you gave faithfully and you served faithfully. It's a privilege. Number four, eternal investments, is this, invest your first to God. So an eternal investment is when we invest our first to God. Many of us know this principle, the principle of giving our first. We've called it um, in the church, we call it a tithe, which means giving God the first tenth of what you make. By doing this, you're giving God your first. The bottom line is this, whatever, think about this for a moment, whatever I want God to bless, I must put him first in, right? And we would say that in every area of our life. I want to put God first. If you want God to bless your marriage, then you put God first. I, I do weddings all the time and I always talk to them about Christ being the center, being number one in your home. Why? Because you want God to bless your home. If you want God to bless your time, then you put God first in your time. You, you set aside some time to spend with God, to give to God. Say, God, this is yours and by me doing this I'm saying that everything else belongs to you anyway. If I want God to bless my business, I put him first in my business. If I want God to bless my money, I put him what? First in my money. This is the principle of first fruits. This is the principle of what we would say, we would talk about tithing, which I'll I'll explain more about the 10% in just a moment. But the first fruits, the whole idea is the first thing right off the top goes to God. It it honors God. It it says, God, everything belongs to you. Proverbs chapter 3, 9 through 10 says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Look look at this verse. and I I just want to challenge Either, either this is true or God's a liar. Either this is true or God's a liar. Notice it doesn't say honor the Lord with your leftovers. It says honor him with your first. So there's this principle. And God doesn't do this because he's demanding something from you. He's, he's, he does this so that it's the system in which he's, he has set up so that you can be blessed in your life. Many people see it as a negative. It's not a negative. It's a positive system. He says, if you will do this, then I will do this. I will fill your barns with overflowing and your vats to the brim with new wine. Listen, I'll take some extra stuff in my barn and some extra wine in my vat. Amen? So why? Why do we give the first fruits? Deuteronomy 14.23 says this, the purpose of tithing, is to teach you always to put God first in your life. That's, that's, that's all it is, to teach us to put God first in our life. Money is a funny thing, and it's, it's a struggle with, with all of us in our lives. Maybe, even people hearing the message today will be like, nah, God doesn't really mean that. He means everything else, but he doesn't mean this. And here's the reality. God doesn't need my money. (laughs) God doesn't need your money. If he did need it, we'd be in trouble if he was our God, wouldn't we? But he just wants what it represents. He wants me to trust him. And when I give the first part of my income on a regular basis, planned back to God before anything else, and I do it as a gift to him, it says three things to God. It speaks about my past, it speaks about my present, and it speaks about my future. It says, God, thank you. I'm grateful for all you've given me in my past. Look back on your life. Just, just take a moment and think about where you've been. Think about the ups and the downs and the pains. As you look back and you find yourself today, you say, you know what? God was good to me in my past God delivered me. God met me there. God gave me peace there. Yeah, I went through tragedy. Yeah, I went through this. But God is good when you look back on your past. And also as you give, it says, listen, you know what, God? I'm making you number one right now in my present. I I give to say thank you, and I give to say I'm making you number one. And then also I'm giving because I trust you in the future. Because he's the only one that holds the future. You don't hold it. Your job doesn't hold it. Nobody holds the future except for God. And by, by giving your first fruits, it's a first fruits principle. It's all throughout the Bible. You're saying this, God, I trust you with my future. That of which I do not know of, I trust that you are the God that knows everything. And I trust you that you're going to lead me and guide me into my future. So the question is, where, does, where do we give our first fruits? Where do we give our tithe? Do I just give it wherever? Do I give it to my my Uncle Bob who's been out of work for three years? Do I give it to my family? No, that's that's charity. You still help them and serve them, but that's charity. Because giving our first fruits, and this is a key, that it revolutionized my life. Giving our first fruits is an act of worship. It doesn't belong to anyone else except for God. It goes to God, not to my friend, not to a charity. It goes to God. It's an act of worship. It goes to the place we worship and we, we worship God together as a family. It goes to the place that you call your church. And, and I, 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 this, is, this is so cool. I want you to look at this for a moment. Look, I want you to see what happens when you use your money as an act of worship and the place where God's called you to be a part of that family. I want you to see this for a moment. And you should be really, really excited about this. And God, and, and, because God knows it's always a challenge. I tell you, what, if, if you, if you want to stretch yourself, start thinking about what does God want me to do with my money. God, God yeah, you can have this. You can have my marriage. You can have my kids. You can have my career. You can, but, but God, this money thing, this is really tight. And God's like, listen, I know. I know it is. I know it's tough, but I want you to test me. I want you you to do something that's going to stretch you, and you're going to think, how does this work? And then I'm going to show off, and I'm going to show you how it works. So this is what God says when he's talking about giving your first fruits as an act of worship to him. This is what he says out of Malachi, test me in this. He's like, bring it on. That's what he said. In the Hebrew, it says, bring it on, boy, is actually what it says. (laughs) I'm joking, it doesn't. So so it says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. Bring it on, boy. Test me. If, If you will use your first fruits as an act of worship to God... And bring it to the storehouse, which this says earlier, which is the place where you call home and you call your church. You, if you think it's impossible, how's it how it's gonna work? He says, you do it, test me. It wouldn't be a test if it wasn't hard. It wouldn't be a test if it didn't stretch you. And God says, test me. In other words, I know it's tough. But I've set some some principles up for my blessing on your life. And I'm just, I'm waiting to bless you. I'm waiting to pour. I'm waiting to meet you. I'm waiting to do something significant in your life. Just test me and see. See, listen, listen, son. He's saying, son, listen, test me and see. If I will not. Throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. How many want some of this? You guys don't want this? (laughs) God is inviting you to join. His investment opportunity. He's inviting you. These are eternal investments. This whole principle is about putting your trust and your faith in God. And by giving him your first fruits, it's telling him, it's an act of, I worship you. And everything I have belongs to you, God. God, this, if, I, if I give you 10%, God, it's, you've given me 90%. And you, I can, your life will be able to do more with 90% blessed by God than 100% that's that's not. I'm telling you, it is a step of faith. And it stretches your mind because it's impossible. You're right. Welcome to God. He is the God of the impossible. It doesn't make sense because it's called faith. Faith sounds ridiculous. Hey Noah, why don't you build an ark? Why? Because of the rain that's coming. What's rain? Uh, I'll show you. Okay. So he builds an ark every day by faith. Guess what? People come around. Hey Noah, um, you're a little crazy. Your whole family's cray cray. Just so you know. He's like, I know. He keeps building the ark, building the ark. Faith doesn't make sense. Hey, Abraham, take your one and only son and sacrifice him. Wait, you you, you mean the son that you gave me as my promise? Yeah, that one. I, I don't get it. But son, come on. By faith and out of that obedience of faith, God blessed Abraham. I mean, think about time and time again. A faith, risk, that's what it is. It's about saying, God, I invite you into my world and I want you to have full control of it. It's an act of worship that requires faith and I want you to be blessed. I want you to experience the honor and the privilege of investing into eternity because I've seen the benefit in my life. My challenge to you today is that, is that if you are not regularly giving to God your first fruits in, in some way, what that means is this, you didn't test God and you didn't give him the opportunity to open the floodgates of heaven and pour out his blessing on you. We cannot Stand back. And I've been guilty of this in my life. God, why aren't you blessing me? He's saying, I'm, I want to. I'm longing to bless you. It's this grace and responsibility. My grace is waiting to be poured out over your life and in you and transform you and change you. I'm just waiting for you just to take the first step. And if you do, I'm going to open up my floodgates. I'm going to pour out on you a blessing that you cannot contain. And if you think, Jason, listen, I can't do 10%, that's no problem. Then start with 5% and begin to grow into this. Start with 3%. Begin to grow. I I really believe that. Some people think, well, I can't give 10%, so why give anything? No, 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 no. Begin to take a step of faith. What is it that requires faith for you to give? Your finances as an act of worship to God. What is it? And then here's the other challenge. Maybe there are many of us who have been given 10% for many, many years. And here's the challenge. It no longer takes faith to give 10%, does it? I know you're like, Jason, you're crazy today. (laughs) So what is the step of faith that God's asking you to take? Listen, it doesn't mean there's greater value. Well, I give 10%. Well, I give 15%. Who who cares? It's an act of worship to God. It's not about man. It's an act of worship to God. And God is the the discerner of the purity of your heart. Not man, but God is. And so I'd like to challenge us, if you receive this challenge today, to test God and see That he will open up the windows of heaven, the floodgates of heaven, and pour out on you a blessing. But it's always on the other side of faith. It's always on the other side of obedience. And the last point of eternal investments is, one, you need to understand, you need to enjoy God's investment into you. You need to enjoy this. Listen, God, God wants to bless you so that you can enjoy God's blessing. He, it, it, listen, you don't, you don't have to feel bad about God's blessing. You enjoy it because you're, you see God's blessing and you just walk in it and enjoy it. So, uh, 1 Timothy 6.17 says this. Command those who are rich in this present world, which we've already read this, Not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is uncertain, but put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for what? Our enjoyment. So God's the God of joy. He's the God of thrills. He's the God of faith. He's the God of excitement. He's the God that invites us to live in the supernatural world. And when we step into that, he says, have a good time. I I have a friend who God's blessed tremendously lives in Texas. He's given millions of dollars away um, to missions. And um, I was over his house and we were, we were hanging out. I was actually looking at his Ferrari and Lamborghini at the time. But anyway, that's another story. But this is what he said. He says, Jason, I feel so guilty sometimes of how, how much God has blessed me. And I said, listen, never apologize. For the blessing of God on your life. God wants us to enjoy his blessing. And then I said, but if you feel that guilty, maybe you could just give me a little bit. I mean, no, I didn't say that. You don't have to be a millionaire to feel guilty. But sometimes we can just, we can just feel that sense. Listen, you, you walk in the blessing of God. You're a child of God. Be proud of what God has given you. Because you recognize it's not from God. Oh, sorry, it's not from you, it's from God. Sorry, let's switch that one back. You recognize, you're not going to be, you're just going to walk and be like, I'm a child of God. He's blessed me. I'm to enjoy it. I'm to walk in it. God wants us to live in his blessing. God wants to bless you. But he's waiting. His grace is waiting on you to take the first step. So I want to just want to just challenge you with some questions today. Just think about them. What areas is God asking you to start investing into eternity? Maybe, maybe, maybe you give your first fruits to God and God's challenging you to take an extra step? To maybe increase your percentage. Or maybe you've been doing that and you're in the place of faith now. So the other question is maybe God's challenging you to invest and to hospitality within the church. Start serving people. Start taking people out. I I feel like God's challenging someone. There's a posture change that God's challenging someone here. You've been looking for people to give to you. God's telling you, you need to stop. Start looking for people to give to. God wants to deliver you from this victim mentality that there's not enough. Start living out of faith that God is more than enough. Start putting your your, your hands to action what your mouth says. Is God faithful or is He not? Is His Word true or is He a liar? I think God's challenging us. Another question is this. What areas do you need to start living by faith? What is it? God's invited us to live this exciting world, this exciting life. If you feel dull in your life, in your journey, if you feel like, oh, this Christian faith, I just just feel like I've just lost my pizzazz, I've lost my this. Listen, I'm telling you, here's the key. It's because you're not living by faith. It's time to test God, to step from the natural into the supernatural. And here's the other question that God laid this on my heart. What areas is God challenging us as a church, a church, to take a step, f- take a step of faith forward? What is that? Listen, our, our leadership team, we're always looking at things, we're looking at, at limitations, we're, we're being good stewards. We're living within what God has, has brought to this ministry. But what area is God asking us to believe for that's beyond what we see on paper? What is it that, that we think God wants to use us as a church to touch and to reach and to transform? We, we as a church. So could it be God has a blessing for you? that you can't even dream of, you can't even fathom. And that blessing is on the other side of obedience. It's on the other side of faith. Just like salvation, salvation is on the other side of making the commitment to give your life to Jesus. Same way in our lives. God's blessing is always on the other side. Listen, don't let anyone tell you that you don't have to give to God anymore. Listen, you don't have to. You get to. You get to give to God, and when you give to Him, He blesses your life. And some of you are being challenged deeply today. I'm being challenged. God wants you to live the life that He has promised you, life to the full. He wants you to experience supernatural things. And you won't experience supernatural things until you start living by faith. And it's going to stretch you. It's going to hurt. But it's going to be fun. I promise you. And that's my desire my heart for you. is That you could experience the fullness of God. His grace, but also our responsibility. We hope that this message has spoken something personal to you. If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center, located on the corner of 62nd Avenue and Ward Road.